This American Monster. A Monster of the Week actual play from This American Dice. We see the interior of a uh, fairly busy police station. There's cops kind of like going to and fro. There's um, a few shady characters being pulled in, like a drunk guy who's yelling at stuff. Um, A lady who's saying like, you don't know me, you don't know me. And a cop is kind of like pulling her off to the side and sending her to a drunk tank or something of that nature. And um, as we see the kind of room clear the door opens the main entrance to the uh, police station opens and we see chase welker come in he's got a duffel bag in his hands and he looks way better than we've seen him recently uh he looks a little beat up his clothes are a little a little little dirty but he looks by comparison to how we just saw him phenomenal still gaunt still a little spooked but way better than we've seen him recently Yeah, and he walks in, um, trying to look casual, but he's, his eyes are kind of going back and forth just because um, he hasn't had a lot of occasion to be in a police station, especially since he started working uh, for Lorcorp in a more um, uh, physical capacity. But he's here on a mission. So I think that... Um, just to go with old TV tropes, I think that this police station has like a big desk that's a raised up desk where you take like two or three steps to get up there. So mm-hmm. whoever you're speaking to is inherently higher up than you are. Mm-hmm. Um, also so that if there's an issue, they can duck below it. Um, and there's maybe two... They're not the dispatchers who you'd call on 911, but they're essentially cops who are um, the frontline folks who are calling other people to tell you who to talk to. So they see you, and um, it's kind of an older guy. He maybe looks like he's in his late 50s, early 60s. He's got a mustache, and he's like, kind of eyeballs you for a second, and is like, can I help you? And Walker steps up and nods to him and says, Yeah, I'm hoping so. Um, I've recently been in contact with um, a woman named Miss Cross, Miss Anna Cross. Uh, I'm fairly certain, well, I'm certainly hoping that um, you might have her contact information and she'll know what it's about. He'll say, like, What's your name? What's your name there, uh, sir? Chase Welker. And he'll kind of... I think, oh yeah, we see him type that in. So this works even perfectly because it doesn't have to even just rely on visual. He types that in and you see like a, a bead of sweat drip down his face as he type, um, as he, after he types this name in. So we see a bead of sweat drip down his face after he types this name in. And he says... You know what? Why, um, why don't you have a seat? I'll call a detective in to speak to you about this exact issue. Welker pauses for only a moment before he nods at the officer. And he goes to take a seat and sets his devil bag down beside him. After a few moments, um, 
one of the things that you see is a few uh, other cops come out and they're kind of chatting with this older guy who is, um, I don't want to call him the receptionist because he's probably like a community service officer who's answering, answering the door and doing all this kind of thing. You see a detective come out. Uh, he's a guy in a suit and um, he maybe talks to the man you spoke to, one of the other cops. And again, there's more cops who have kind of come into this area and this guy comes up. I think he's he's an out of shape um, white guy or Hispanic guy who shows up and he kind of, he's wearing like a, a jacket, but it's like a brown jacket. He's a detective. And he's like, uh, Mr. Uh, Welker, I heard you you wanted to talk to us about uh, something. What's the chance we can get you to uh, to to come on back and 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 talk with us about what uh, what what what's got you worried? Welker will stand up, um, taking his bag with him. He'll say, um, "I don't mean any offense, but I really need to speak to Anna Cross, and I know she doesn't." I'm sure she isn't based out of this exact station, but I've been, she led me to believe that I could at least find, I could at least be able to contact her through, and I struggle to think of the word, but he'll say, uh, through federal means. And this guy pauses for a while and he'll, I think he looks down at that bag and like, the camera zooms in on his eyes looking at that bag and we maybe zoom to some of the other cops and they're doing the same thing and um, he says well Mr. Welker there's there's no one here by that name and Welker uh, will get like a little impatient and like he's trying not to show up he says I, I know that I know she doesn't work in this building officer I'm only asking if you can get me in touch with her. Well, if you could tell us maybe some way that she, some group that she does work for, if there's if there's any organization that she does work for, I mean, we would know that. Um, I mean, we can run these names to see if we could find something connected to this or possibly, um, and I think he looks up at the, the guy who was doing dispatch stuff and even though this guy wouldn't fucking probably be able to do this stuff I think that guy kind of looks at him of like nobody um and he's like and again if you want to wait in the back we can we can we can relax we can hang out and get you a cup of coffee a soda what do you want cigarette I feel like now it's definitely like Welker's alarm bells are getting too loud to ignore um I don't think he necessarily thought this was going to work easy peasy, but like the fact that they want him to come back there and just hang out mm-hmm. while they contact someone they don't know uh, is too weird. And he says, um, listen, um, you know what? I uh, I just realized I can just keep trying her cell. Um, there's no need to trouble you about it. If she's not in your database, she's not in your database. That's okay. Um, I'm sorry to take up your time. So after Welker says that, um, he turns to leave, he takes a step, and as he turns to the door, you can see that one of these kind of regular patrolmen has stepped in front of the door um, just to kind of slow you down. He's not Mm -hmm. even specifically barring you, but Welker, you can tell, like, 
this guy's not letting you out of this door. And now he's trapped. He'll, like, stop just short of this officer at the door. And uh, he'll, like, turn to look at the other guys. And, like, there's now, like, maybe one more cop even back there, like, behind mm-hmm. him. And then he turns back to the guy at the door and he says, um, I'll be leaving now. And this detective says, like, like, oh, and I think that this detective knowing knowing your first name, he's like, Chase. He's like, Chase, can I call you Chase? Just just relax. Like, what? what why don't you... Why don't you put your things down? We'll come back. Come on back with me. Nope, no problem. We'll talk about whoever this is. Anna? Anna what? What was the name? And he's trying to talk you down, and it's like, this guy knows more about me than I maybe expected him to. Okay. Listen, you've already said she's not your database. You don't know who she is. This was a mistake. And he's, like, getting really nervous now, and he says, um, I, I shouldn't have come. This is all a misunderstanding. Uh, I'm just going to be on my way. Um, just, just forget this ever happened. And he, like, tries to, like, step around this guy. Okay. So if that's when maybe one of these cops kind of, like, maybe, like, lays a hand on Welker to kind of be like, no, 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 go this, go back towards this way or turn back around. Do you think that's when maybe a, it's maybe sure. more of a struggle situation? Yeah, definitely once it gets, like, at all physical, then you be like, oh, I need to fight now. This guy puts a hand on Welker as he turns to go, and it's, like, kind of a firm grip. Like, clearly he doesn't want him leaving. And Walker's very outnumbered here, so they could stop him if they wanted to. And uh, Walker sort of, like, reflexively, like, pushes him back. But since Walker's very strong, he, like, goes a few feet back and, like, lands on his ass. Um, And then the other guys, like, the other cops become more aggressive, like, trying to contain him. And that's when Walker, like, realizes these are now combatants. And he needs to... Whereas maybe normally he wouldn't think of using a grenade launcher in a closed room around a bunch of civilians. Maybe that's the one thing that's different where he's like, I will do that. That's the way to get out of here. All right. So we see him whip that out. And now it's just the security camera footage of we see him push that cop back down. We see other cops kind of surround, um, like kind of draw their guns or that kind of thing. And then we see this guy whip open this... um, uh duffel bag duffel bag yeah oh hmm i assume that's what was in there oh yeah yeah for sure i was trying to think would it make sense if we if maybe these other cops if maybe even some of them like opened fire but this because this is welker with his like i'm a walking frankenstein Frankenstein, it didn't work. Oh, that's even better. That's even more of an essential. And so all these cops are even more freaked out, but on the security camera footage, you just see these guys holding their guns. It's tough to see them actually shooting, and since Walker's not responding as much, you just see a dude pull out this thing and kill these people. Nice. Maybe, like, the only way you could tell is really close. You can see, like, the recoil in their hands. Yeah. But, like, there's no reaction from him. Yeah, where he's, he's, he's reacting not at all or to such a tiny degree that no one can tell. And so we see him pull this grenade launcher out. The room just explodes. And I think the camera is destroyed in that explosion. Yeah. Then as we head back to you guys, uh, outside of Chase Welker's house, um, Darkblade, Chase and Julia are outside. You heard that big commotion. Is Darkblade also joining everybody outside, or is Darkblade in a different spot when he finds out about this news story of what just happened to that police station? I assume on your phone you get like news alerts and that kind of thing. 
And one of the news alerts you're able to easily get is um, like a story about an explosion at a Palm, uh, Palm City police station or Palmetto City police station. And like, like an APB for these, for these four people. And just so you know it, it's you guys. Hmm. All right. Well, looks like the trail's hot on us. We need to figure out where we're going. You can get more information out of that if you want to. It's not going to be tough. It's just if you're like, okay, that's enough. That's all I need to know. That's fine. I think he's not going to spend much time looking at this. He's more concerned with getting um, Welker back on his feet and Ash's bowels back in his abdomen. Okay. Um, the very quick thing that you can discover is that this explosion seems to have occurred only maybe like 30 minutes ago, 35 minutes ago at the most. So this very, very recently. Mm -hmm. um, and you could probably very quickly, easily find um, like security camera footage of what definitely seems like Welker going into that police station. Yeah. All right. Well, no surprise there, guys. Um I don't think that the word doppelganger is correct here since we're on the fifth or so copy. Um, but there's another group of us walking around out there causing mayhem. We need to get, we need to get you guys back on your feet. Um, if we're going to be taking on Laura Corp and, and, uh, this circle, all these, uh, magical, powers that they have now we're gonna need everything we've got so um you guys need to come with me he's heading to the well are we all going could use some healing too at this point why not sundry need your help anyways to carry this old bag of bones <clears throat> i love that dark blade has made this like big promise it's like we're gonna get everybody back in their feet with this mm -hmm. like totally untested magical uh thing i'm looking for oh, it I know, yeah. I was like, yeah, sure, Sundry. Of course, I've got plenty of yeah. room for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> There's room at the well for you. Yeah. You just shove. He just pushes you guys into this well, <laughs> bricks it up. And you guys. <laughs> just, just another shadow of Dark Blade. Mm -hmm. No, no it's <laughs> yeah. Dark Blade. He just hated you the whole time. <laughs> uh, one thing that you know is you don't have a ton of time. So in right. multiple in multiple respects, because not only um, not only do you know that like this was a distraction, you guys coming here was meant something meant to slow you down. Yeah. Now further, you are at something right next to Welker's house, and with that APB, like it's it's it doesn't take a detective to know that people will be looking around in this area for you guys. Yeah. All right. So well, um. Maybe well, we, we need to take the truck there. Just take the truck there and so we can get out of here quick, guys. Just... So just drive through the fence? Is that what you're suggesting? Yeah. All that's fine with Welker. Uh, the one thing he's going to want to make sure we do is like he's going to tell Julia and his kids it's to just get away from here. like it, As far away from here as fast as possible. Yeah. <laughs> In a RAV5 if one's available. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is that you guys had been using that truck that you stole from a uh, employee at the Palm World Fairs Fairgrounds. Yeah, it's no RAV4, but I'll get through the fence. Julia Welker is 
she's concerned. She's concerned about where to go. She's like, where, where are you? you know, where are you? Where are you going? What and and where am I supposed to bring them? Welker's gonna like. He doesn't really have time for this. He's gonna say, um, "Look, like, go to one of your relatives out of, out of state if you can. Just keep dr start driving and don't stop. Um, you can't be anywhere near this city. The kids especially. Just go now. I can't promise like whether you get an explanation for this or not. That doesn't matter right now. You just have to be gone. Like, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry for everything. But you have to go." Woker knows this might be the last time that he sees Julia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, they got to get out of here. What is he? Is there anything else he says to her in this last like moment? I feel like that would encapsulate it. Like there's probably a bunch of things he could say. Uh, but the most important thing right now is like, you have to go like, the, like the veils come down. Essentially. She sees it like a, like he's like a, a wet operative or that's what it is. Right. Like a actual operative. Uh, and it gets all come crashing down. So like she like she just needs to get the kids to safety. Within this like emotional context, I think she would be really reluctant to just leave or to just let you leave. I guess like if like she gathers like uh, Tara and Kyle and like, she's still hesitating there in the lawn with them, like he'll be like, "I'm sorry it had to turn out this way. This is all my fault. Um, all of it was." And he'll say, "Uh, you were right." Just remember that you were right to turn me out because this was what was always coming. I know that now. I denied it back then, but it was true. And he says, um, what matters now is you need to get out of here as fast as you can, as far as you can, because this whole city, uh, this whole city is in danger and we're the only ones who can do anything about it. And he says, um, if I could turn it back and make it so that none of this was happening, I would. He just shrugs and says, I'm sorry. Maybe the next scene we see is you guys plow through that fence. Yeah, there's Matlock's well. Like we've seen it before. Kind of an old pile of bricks. Um, the area around Welker's house and this well is... There's a full moon over it, even though that's not appropriate for this... Uh, this time of in like the lunar cycle, um, then if we look at it from like dark blades perspective and maybe even ashes perspective. Um, oh no, I think at this point, since these places are all activated to dark blade and ash, it's, it's dead obvious, but to even to Woker and sundry who have had less of a connection with this here and there, um, even then, if they like look in between like the cracks of this old pile of stones, you can see like light kind of glowing out of it. To be honest, Mr. Blade, uh, unless something goes real right here, uh, I'm going to be, we're, we're screwed either way. You know, like, or at least I am. It's like gesturing to his legs. All right. Um, let's get you over by the well and, uh, we need to all put our hands on the on the well and make a circle. Okay. Walker will do his best to comply. All right. So, Alex, it kind of seems like you're trying to use some big magic here. Yes, it's this is big magic for sure. This yeah. big magic. Okay. So, let's take a look at that in the old monster of a week 
playbook. Sometimes the everyday spells and rituals of the use magic basic move aren't enough. Big magic covers everything more powerful, such as bringing someone back to from the dead or opening a portal to another dimension. You could instead just use regular magic, which I think does have the ability to heal a person. Well, I'm going to try to heal everyone. And one thing that's particularly helpful here for this move is um, you, you can require that I'm in a particular place at a particular time. And here we are in the Fiddler Green, uh, Fiddler's Green with the uh, full moon and the power of this well at full throttle. So, um, you know, go big or go home. I think you're going to need to use magic in order to do this. You're going to have to summon up some of the power from this well. Mm -hmm. It's going to have a very specific side effect in that. Um, it hmm. kills us. Yeah. And that uh, you guys all die. You're healed yeah. to death. <laughs> yeah. Um, I rolled the right spell to help Welker out. He, like I rolled mm -hmm. uh, heal on dead. Yeah, this is one of those spells like in Final Fantasy games where you use like a revive spell on a zombie and they die. Yeah. Yeah, this is the opposite. So you're using casting a death spell on everybody. So he'll be okay and the rest of you guys are dead. Um, no, I think that you realize that um, some of... Oh, this this part's easy. This thing, this well is connected by these ley lines to these other various nodes all of which the other ones are corrupted or dark in some way or another. And so if you tap into the well, the magic of this, yeah, no matter what, you're tapping into some of that dark energy and this, there's going to be a nasty side effect to it. Even if this okay. works out, there's going to be nastiness that goes down with it too. All right. Um, um, Dark Blade's going to try to mitigate that by um, like just with this spell, he's going to try to use his life force to connect into it. So he's going to um, cut his hands and he's going to um, hold hands with you guys. He's going to make sure that each of your hands are have his blood on them so that we're each kind of bonded in this way as we're standing around the well. Well, um, here goes nothing, I guess. He's going to start. Uh, he's going to lower his head. Do we all have to help you somehow? This place always is special to me and uh, reminds me of of uh, Matlock. And I'm going to be trying to connect to his, his, uh, his soul and what's left here. Um, but... Matlock is the greatest beacon of flight that I know of. And if you have one, I suggest that you um, say your prayers to it. As, as, as you're describing this is a very important spot to him, he, like, he'll turn his head and see the ruins of his own home and the fa his own family who he just sent away. And uh, thinking like, yeah, this is important for sure. And uh, he'll like, be thinking of them. Uh, I guess Sundry will just think of uh, like uh, being back, being back on that boat and being in the ocean. Sort of like the last time he was like totally at peace. I think uh, maybe we have a, a flash of, oh no, a flash of ash. Thinking of um, 
Reagan like slipping through his fingers. It's like that's never going to happen again. Pretty good. Tark play. So let me know what you guys think about this. So Tark Blade's going to be like, well, there was a poem that Matlock used to tell me and I'd used to like to sing. Um, Halfway down the trail to hell in a shady meadow green are the souls of all dead men camped near a good old time canteen. And this eternal resting place is known as Fiddler's Green. Though some go curving down the trail to seek a warmer scene, no man ever gets to hell ere he's emptied his canteen, and so rides back to drink again with friends at Fiddler's Green. And so when man and horse go down beneath a saber keen, or in a roaring charge of fierce melee, you stop a bullet clean, and the hostiles come to get your scalp. Just empty your canteen and put your pistol to your head and go to Fiddler's Green. We see you guys um, kind of like holding hands or like holding hands over this like well. Um, this is some real uh, light as a feather, stiff as a board kind of shit, but with actual magic powers. Who's to say that's not? Um, and we can see this, uh, like the cracks in this well start to glow some more. Uh, but very clearly, Again, now to all of you, you see that these um, the ley lines that bind this well to the other nodes are very visible. Like the other ley lines that go to those four four other points are very, very visible. And then you can see that there's like another direction that is um, uh, like it's kind of pointing you in a direction, but it's it's vague. Uh, so if nothing else, you'll get a you'll get a direction out of this. But yeah, Alex, let's have Dearest Darkblade make his weird roll. It's gonna be the most dramatic snake eyes of all time. Oh, I hope you so. Know. It'll be great. <laughs> Two of us just bleed out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got an eleven. Oh yeah. You. We see that the cracks between these stones glow and we see this nearly like blight, blinding bright light. And we see a shot of each of your faces as you're looking at this. And it kind of washes you guys out in this light. As the light seems to dim, we see the glow of this uh, well kind of recede back to where just the cracks in the well between the stones are glowing. And um, then that kind of like dims further and we look back to each of you as the light kind of like fades away um, to just the the full moonlight. And we look back and we see Sundry and um, he kind of is standing there. And that's not too dramatic. He was injured, but... Um, he seems to kind of like like breathe in deeply and be okay. We see Ash... And Ash kind of like takes his hand off of the well away from the other's uh, hands. And he reaches to a side that had been bleeding profusely that had that hideous slash in it. And um, if he like lifts up the part of his shirt, we can see that even though it's smeared in blood, it's like closed. He no longer has that wound there. Um, And then most dramatically, 
we look to Chase Welker, and there he is, uh, maybe a little more gaunt-faced than he had been at the very start of uh, the very start of the series. But now looking at him, he no longer looks dead. He no longer looks burnt up. Um, the hair that had burned in that um, incendiary grenade is back. Uh, his hair is maybe tousled and messy, but it looks, he looks basically like just kind of a slightly disheveled version of the man that we saw initially get that phone from the Lore Corporation. We see you guys each like stare with kind of wide eyed and yeah. maybe Sundry goes, Sweet saltwater Jesus. <laughs> um, but most dramatically, uh, while we see that most dramatically it's Welker's appearance that has changed, we see Darkblade last. And Darkblade, who hadn't really been hurt very much, uh, right? That's correct, right? Yeah. Um, we see Darkblade standing there, and while he looks at Welker uh, for a second and sees that as the light dims, we see that his uh, gaze kind of follows down to the well, and he realizes that the last that was left actually of Matlock has been used up. The only thing that's left of him now is what's been corrupted by this evil purpose. And I think, um, he, yeah, he just looks down and kind of thinks of this figure that has, was responsible in part for allowing him to be born in some ways and is now responsible for his friends being alive once again. Um, and whose sacrifice stopped that demon, he realizes, like, whatever little bit of his power that was connected to this, the part of him that was connected to this, it's gone. Um, and all that's left is the corrupted bit. There's no more pure part of this. And I think that these, uh, these rocks kind of, like, the, the, gl the glow in them, like, starts to come back again, but that deep red again. And I think, um just a column of light shoots out of this well and we see the uh, rocks kind of burst aside for it where it now just looks like a hole and um, almost this column kind of like slowly opens itself um, like a flashlight kind of going from being like a very uh, focused beam to a broader thing and um, eventually you see that last ley line and can easily follow this thing to where you need to go. So is this well corrupted now? Oh yes. Ah, I like that. So all, that means all of them except for this mystery one is corrupted, right? Yes, I think so. Yes. Yeah. But you could try to get some more info out of that through another role if you'd like, maybe a investigate a mystery role. Yeah, is there is there a way I could figure that out? Yeah, if you're just trying to like literally piece put the pieces together in your mind of all these clues and either Darkblade's connection to the arcane and previously to this well or Ash's knowledge of these things from book learning with Merzad into the mm -hmm. secret library. Well, I got a seven plus a one, so an eight. Cool. Oh, and that's your eight alarm. Yeah. Oh, I got eight. Eight. it's my crazy eights alarm. Every time an eight goes crazy. In local news, a eight went crazy and shot everyone in a shopping mall. Oh my god! Um, all right, uh, yeah. So, what happened here? You kind of like 
you guys can all see this ley line pretty clearly. Dark blade, it's even more clear. Ash, I'm pretty sure like you can kind of like put these signs together. And if this has been corrupted as well, and if this ley line is this clear, it doesn't only mean that this this you realize this location had already been activated. So you guys doing this ritual wasn't activating it. Sucking Matlock's energy or removing Matlock's energy from it or his entire premise helped it become corrupted. And that seems to have kickstarted um, the other spot. And so now actually you're on an even tighter time crunch because not only is, not only are these five nodes activated, but that mystery node has all the sixth node has also been activated. And so whatever's going on is going to happen in like, like the clock is, it was always ticking down. You guys just cut the wire and made the clock go even faster. Hmm. So you have to get there. There's no other locations that you guys can go to. So does, um, I guess is like all, all is lost. Do we need like two thirds or is it, um, if we have, if we hold on to one positive node, is that still enough? I assume the answer is yes, but is there any way to, to figure that out? You know that these seals are that idea of like a seventh seal that like blocks um, things between like the world of the living and the world of the dead. And in different cultures, it has different meanings as to whether it's a connection between heaven and hell and earth and um, like these different spiritual like flow points. And so you have like all of these different ideas and it had previously been understood to be seven seals. The whole deal is that had been this um, essentially manufactured aspect of mythology to hide from people that it was actually, haha, eight. And this was the eighth one. And that within part of this, the regular way that this is supposed to be meant is that there's only supposed to be these five points. And those five points act in kind of a level of harmony with one another that um, they can be activated for something not specifically negative. Um, but the fear had always been that this would be used for some malicious purpose. And so it was hidden by sages and philosophers for eons and eons. Um, you knowing that this has been, these ley lines have essentially been rerouted and corrupted in this way. There's still something that has to be used to um, not just activate all of, there still has to be something that there's yet another aspect of this that must be completed um, before before all is lost. Is and beyond the corruption with the canister? Is that like something after it's corrupted, there's something else to activate it? Okay, I'm going to just give you the info and you can tell me the this point, like how you figure this stuff out. Okay. So there are only supposed to be the five points on this. Mm -hmm. So there has been a sixth artificial point created with that canister. Oh, okay. That point is where you need to go. The idea of that additional artificial point being created throws this thing and throws this uh, seal so out of whack 
that the negative energy of it can be used to essentially open up hell. Hmm. So think about it like to uh, Deanna Troy it for you real quick and explain it. Think you about it like balloon. Yeah. Think about it like my butt in this revealing outfit. Um, so think about it like trying to crush an egg. If you have even pressure all over the egg, it's not as much of an issue. Um, but if things are thrown out of whack and there's one point that has this additional pressure, then you're going to just smash the egg right in your hand. So mm -hmm. this is, this has changed the dynamic. Gotcha. Okay. So usually uh, these five places being corrupted isn't that big of a deal, but now that there's a sixth one that's possibly being corrupted, that's going to punch a hole in the time-space continuum. Is that what you're saying to everyone? Or are you just verifying if that's true or not? I'm verifying if I'm understanding that. Um, them being corrupted is still bad, but it's like them being corrupted and then also this additional point is the thing that can really be used to fuck this up. Yeah, gotcha. Awesome. So, and and all of the ley lines that uh, Darkblade especially and Ash to some degree can see are going to this this artificial one, right? Yeah, I think at this point, truthfully, since you guys are right here at an activated node, all of you can see them. It's just Darkblade and Ash see them like the most easily, but the everybody else now has this connection to this having been healed by it and being in the presence of this thing. You can see this where this is going. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. I'm on the same page now. So yeah, I'll definitely explain that to everybody. Um, maybe with the time space continuum. So yeah, and we saw. Do we still have that car? Do we give it to uh, the Welkers? Honestly, there's no shortage of cars that you guys have, given that you had the Ford Ranger, <laughs> the sure. Julia Welkers car that got the hood bashed in pretty good, and then we said there were several SUVs from the Lorecorp guy security guys. So there's no shortage of cars. Yeah, then, I mean, we got to get out of here. All right, so now Let's the next question is where to? I assume you just follow that ley line, right? Darkblade's going to look one last time into the well. Bye, Dad. Welker's going to be kind of quiet for a while just because uh, he's grappling with this idea that maybe he's not about to disintegrate into uh, undead nothingness. When does Welker get the first view of himself? Because everybody else can be like, oh, you look back to normal again, but when does Welker first see himself? In the car mirror. Awesome. So yeah, so you guys go up to the, the is it just the Ford Ranger again? Sure. Okay. So yeah, you go back up there and he kind of turns that around. The, he opens the door and it catches a glimpse of himself in the, in the side mirror. And yeah, he looks, he just looks like a little bit more gaunt, a little bit more disheveled version of himself from before. I think your clothes are still all fucked up and torn up and that kind of thing. But otherwise, looking at yourself in this mirror, you just look like scraggly you. Let's go save the world. Lee, could you have Sundry make a sharp roll for me? Sure. All right. I'm going to give you a piece of information, and depending on how you do with this, I'm going to see if you have another question as well. I got three. All right. Awesome. Oh. Uh, remember, you can spend a luck roll or point or whatever. That's sure. true. 
<laughs> so got one, one luck point left, and I'm saving it. Okay. All right. So I spent my uh, last luck point. Something terrible happens. Yes. So I've got a few ideas for you here. Um, oh, awesome. This part's easy. Yeah. You guys hop back in this truck and kind of get ready to go. And the, um, like, as you're kind of like getting back in the, back in the thing, you see the lights, there's cops all over the place. So like, yeah, you hear the sirens, three squad cars pull up and it's just like, get out of the car, get out of the car. Like hands, hands where we can see them. And we're already in the car. Um, are we driving at this point or no? I think you're just in the driveway. I'm just gonna try to try to get out of there. Um. Hmm. I think with that sh that shitty of a roll, I think like you're you're gonna be boxed in. So if you're not already boxed in, you're in a position where it's like you're not just able to kind of like drive on out. Are we in the driveway of the Welker still, or? Yeah, I think so. God. Like you pulled. Well, no, you had driven the car through the fence. Yeah, so maybe when you go back out, it's the same basic deal. So, like, you guys are heading back out either past the Welker's place or, much less courteously, through his neighbor's yard um, and through their thing, busting through yet another fence. Um, and when you go through there, it's the, it's the same basic deal. Like, you can't just keep plowing through. Like, you're going to, you're going to have to deal with this. Do I still think these cops are all shadow people or could be anything at this point? Um, well, Darkblade hasn't shared with you guys that, or has he? That news story. Darkblade, did you share that with the rest of the crew? I yes. legitimately don't remember. Yeah, he did. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah, so at this point, you guys know like there is an actual like like your your faces are out there of like these guys are essentially involved in this uh, assault on these police officers and all the and um, I'm going to say like the, the news reports come in that like three officers died in this attack as well as two people that were being held at the station, including uh, Shelly Kalaski, mother of two, like like they like 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 list off these people. I guess Sundry will look around and he'll be like, well, I don't know about you guys, but uh, Armageddon or no, I'm not going to kill all these cops. So. To either turn ourselves in or I guess make a run for it on foot or something. I'm going to say to the rest of the crew, uh, we could try contacting Winters. Uh, I mean, I, I don't see any other diplomatic way out of this. Ash, do you have the way to get in touch with him? It was like Winters part of this uh, squad of several cars that's pulling us over? I think he is very specifically not. Ah. So, but if you wanted to try to give him a call again, you hear that like like whoop noise like like over the over the thing and like again that like yelled through the the bullhorn like hands where we can see them step out of the car. Uh, so maybe I'll try and call him then. Go ahead and make a cool roll for me. Oh well, okay, a seven. You got a seven. All right. You still just hear that those police officers like yelling, um, and you hear like a lot of commotion on the other end of the phone, and you're like. And you hear like who who 
What what do you what do you want? Is this where are you? Uh this is Ash Green. We need to yeah, talk. Yeah, where where are you? Being pulled over by your men. Um, where are you? Right outside Mr. Wilker's estate. Stay there. Well, all right. I you know all of us. We get involved in very weird things. And right now we're in the weirdest one of them all. We can't stay here. If we don't, if we stay here, basically life as you know, it's going to be over. You need to tell these people that we need to go. Hey, tomorrow when the sun rises, arrest us, put us wherever you want. But right now we need to get where we're going or like I said, everything's lost. We don't have time for this right now. You might not trust me, but trust in our results that we've had so far. I know that this is extremely weird. Stay where you are. All right. So, well, did I trigger that move? Not quite. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't think you did. Um, for, no, <laughs> for a few reasons. Okay. Yeah, you were. Eh. I think there's. I think there's too many issues. One, you don't know if you're talking to the real Winters, so you don't know if you're talking to a normal person. Two, he doesn't know if you're a normal person and you're who he thinks that you are. Three, I don't know if you told him the whole truth about that to protect him, but more so to protect you in the moment. All right, I'll say, hey, life as you know is going to end forever. By that, I mean literal hell will open up. That's not an exaggeration. If we don't get to where we're going, every terrible thing you can imagine is going to be on Earth. Everything you've ever loved is going to be in danger and probably destroyed. So I'm going to have this. You read Paradise Lost? No, no one has. (laughs) The guy who wrote it didn't. Um, it was a first draft of Love Actually. Um, so rather than have you worry about that role, I'm going to throw something in here. One of the things about this, if this is the real Winters, one of the problems you also run into is if these aren't, if these are doppelganger cops, does Winters have the ability to stop them from doing stuff? If he did normally. I tried. I know. Um, I think what I was trying to do with that is just use the cool role to do it rather than this charm role. But anyone else got any ideas? Okay. How about this? If you if you want to make that charm role, go ahead and do that. But then we're going to have to figure out what the middle. What's let's first figure out the middle ground of uh, this cool role. So uh, the cool role I think was about how the cops that are trying to like apprehend you guys react to this. So they're certainly not just going to immediately start shooting you guys. They're trying to arrest you. Uh, but what's the middling result of this? Cause we already did based on Lee's role previously that you guys are kind of at least vehicularly trapped in this spot. Like they've managed to like kind of pin you guys in. You can't just drive out of this situation. I think it's either they ask you a hard question first and it'll be like something to ascertain that you're not a shadow person, which God knows, or they have a better idea. And the better idea, he's basically like, there are no cops down there. And so we kind of give him the go ahead to, to blast them. I think you guys are pinned in. So based on the results that Lee had gotten, you guys are kind of pinned in. You can't just drive out of the spot. Um, but Ash managed to get a cool roll. So maybe you guys kind of react in a cool enough way where these guys don't flip out. 
Um, one of the things, though, that I think um, as you're on the phone with Winters, Ash, that you see is, um, are you guys in front of Welker's house or in front of his neighbor's house? And this is purely for, like, aesthetics of, like, what this shot would look like in a TV show. Uh, I guess Welker's then, right? Sure. So you guys are in front of Welker's house. Um, there's that, like, big, like, smashed through window. You see those Lorecore lore security officers in that smashed up window. Like, they're in the house. And they're kind of, like, looking down at you guys. So you know, like, like these cops don't flip out, but you're in a very bad spot here. Like, there's going to be a fight. Yeah, so you're saying, like, these uh, Lorecore people in the building are going to fight us, and also the cops are going to fight us, right? Like, we're kind of surrounded Yes. So you guys seem kind of you guys seem kind of surrounded. No one's shooting at you yet. No one's making a move, but you're on the phone with Winters talking to him and like realizing um the depth of this as you're talking to him and maybe that like kind of further triggers your like why you're getting more intense about this description of what's happening. Uh because you look up and yeah, you're like I could have sworn we killed all those dudes and now they're right back there. Or killed or scared off those dudes. Yeah, I was going to say that they like escaped or something before right but yeah now several, they're several like of different them, yeah. of them like, we're back yes yeah. um so yeah so go ahead and make that uh roll for trust me to see if winters is down yeah well yeah that well that one was quite good uh 13 yeah so 10 plus for sure uh, okay so yeah again he's like stay there is what he wants you to do and you tell him of course yeah, all that I said before, like, if you ever trust us, trust us now. The results. But the Hell's thing that you wanted, but the thing that you wanted him to do was, uh, let us go. Like we don't have time to wait. I think he's like, like, damn it, and he hangs up, and you're kind of in that situation of like, did that work or not? And then after a little while, like you can hear like the cops like talking, and there's this kind of long moment. And eventually, as these cops kind of are like hanging around for their at, near their cars for a little while, you see these Lorecorp security officers like that are in this building. Like they've definitely taken up a position where they're just going to shoot you guys and maybe these cops too. And you see um, another car kind of show up, and it's uh, like kind of an unmarked police car, and out of it get um, Winters who's like, like yelling over to the cops and uh, out of the passenger seat comes Darian Pringle. And when you guys uh, look up, look up at the building, like you hear this like crazy roaring going on the building, like all this like, like noise and gunfire goes off. And so a bunch of these cops are kind of like getting back towards their cars and like aiming their guns at these, this building. And like, there's this like bedlam and mayhem going on inside Welker's house. Cool. Can we parlay this into getting out of here somehow? Uh, and I guess we're still boxed in. I think Winters will be able to like wave these cops off, at least like for now, and and talk about like, oh, you need to go around to the other side of this building to secure whatever the hell's going on in there. Like, um, and he's and somebody. You hear somebody else yell like, like we see blah 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 blah. And he's like, I got this side. They must be in the house. And so one of these uh, cop cars kind of like pulls around and tries to swing around to the other side. And so um, you guys can, if need be at this point now, g 
get out of here. It might still require a roll because it's going to be tough, but there's an opening now at this point. Enough of an opening for us to drive through? Yeah. All right, let's do it. Charlie's going to be like, go! And so you, yeah, you floor it. So go ahead and make a cool roll for me, Sundry. Come okay, on, I got a six. Six. <laughs> All right. Way better than three. Jesus, so somebody can definitely assist. I'll, I'll assist. Awesome. How so, you think? Um, or why don't you make the roll, and then if it works, you can say how you assist. That's a great yeah. question. Okay, that's a great yeah. thing. Yeah, let's not worry about it till we need to. I, I got a 10. You know awesome. the neighborhood way better than anyone else does. That's a good point. Uh, my trick driveway folds out of my regular driveway. <laughs> yeah, you have a you have a drive through closet. Yeah, a drive walk through yeah. closet, a drive through closet, um, a mystical well in the backyard. You mean like yeah, no one knows about this easement. Yeah, yeah. I was really against booby traps, but by God, there are a lot of doors. It's just mm -hmm. like doors upon doors. Yeah. Um, um, okay. If you, if you have if you don't have an idea, I've got something to throw out. I don't have one on the top of my head. What do you think? Um, sorry. I was going to say maybe, oh, maybe there's like children's playground equipment that you had set up when you first moved in. We established that there's like kids toys and that kind of shit on the lawn for Kyle. And so maybe you built kind of like a jungle gym that from an outsider's perspective seems like it's very solid. But Welker was so busy with work, he never fucking cemented the thing into the ground and really finished the job. And so through literally, like, essentially shoddy craftsmanship, it's just like, you can just plow through that fucking thing. Oh, and, like, maybe he's always, like, kind of felt bad about it. Yeah. He's like, I'll, I'm going to make a, a good one someday. Like, I'm going to get around, like, fixing it someday. Yeah, Kyle was always like, oh, can I play on that? And you're like, you can't play on it yet. I'll fix it eventually. Oh, I love that. And you and Julia would argue about it. And she's like, oh, just like that thing out there that never got finished. It was yeah. a lot, it was and a you lot won't of even let my friend Greg come over and fix it. Will <laughs> yeah. I love that. Let's do it. So, yeah. So, Sundry, at first you're like, I better not hit this fucking big jungle gym monkey bars looking thing. Like, it'll fuck up the car pretty bad. Um, and Welker's like, no, plow through it. Believe me. Nice. All right, he'll just smash, smash up uh, uh, Wilker's ch childhood uh, or ch ch children. So yeah, yeah. a monument to his failure to his children. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. So you plow through this thing, and like I said, it's like a combination monkey bars, jungle gym kind of thing. So there's a lot of plastic pieces and like thin metal pieces and bits of wood that normally would be solid if they were like well rooted into the ground, but they just fly aside. Um. And you guys are on the road and maybe plow through another part of the fence and are back on the road to get the fuck out of here. Um, but you got a seven on that. I think that as you guys are... Again, I think that Winters can kind of direct one of these cop cars off to the side and so that they it gives you a little bit of an opening where he's kind of implying that like he'll fill that opening with his car. And then he doesn't do it quickly enough. But as you're watching him, you can tell that he does this on purpose in order to give you time to get out of here. Um, but he like 
shoots you some kind of hand signal or pro um, probably just easily. Yeah, like, fuck you. Um, or maybe even just calls. Oh, you know what? Darian Pringle calls um, Darkblade. And uh, basically, this is the situation you're in. Um, Winters is going to like meet up with you guys like a little distance away. So you guys and Pringle and he can all have a chat. Um, but he makes it clear, like, I can't stick around with you um, because I'm going to have to be worried about making sure there aren't, there isn't the entire Palmetto city police force looking for you. Given that um, it seems like you just killed like several of those officers in that police station. So he just doesn't want to be like associated with us on social media. It sounds like. Yeah, he he has to um, he has to go back to the uh, his uh, he's like, listen, I got a lot of neo Nazi stuff that I don't want coming out, so uh, I I can't take this too. No, um, but yeah. So what is the place? Not super far away, maybe like five, ten minutes from Welker's house that um, you guys meet up with him. It's got to be that pancake place. Is it just the parking lot of that pancake, the pancake depot? It's going to be our last like hurrah here, right? Oh, they're open. Sure. Why not? Oh, they are open. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So we see this shot of the pancake house. It's a really slow night. Maybe Lurleen is even like outside the front smoking. She knows nobody's going to bug her. It's late at night. This isn't her usual shift. Whatever. You don't get to tell her what to do. Um, you're not the boss of this place. So you guys meet up maybe like behind the place. So we can see that like in the foreground is like the sign for the pancake depot. And maybe we see even Lurleen in the extreme foreground. And then we see these cars pull in, in the back. And, um, we see you guys kind of sit there for a minute. And then soon afterwards, winter's cars, winter's like unmarked car pulls in and, uh, there's two other people with him. And so Winters gets out of the car and you see he's like very suspicious of what's going on. You probably see like his hands on his gun and much more cautiously Darian Pringle, uh, Ranger Darian Pringle gets out of the car and he's just wearing a, um, like it's pretty, it's pretty cold outside, but he's wearing like a slightly, he's wearing a slightly lighter outfit than you'd expect him to be. And maybe he's kind of got his arms bundled up. Like it's, it's fucking cold out here. And the third person who gets out of the car is, uh, she's wearing a Rangers, a park Rangers like jacket. And, um, and that's Roberta Hellinger. And the two of them kind of just stand more near the door, like, like near the open doors of the car. Whereas uh, Winters kind of gets out and like comes up to you. Do we have a chance to say anything to her before Darkblade shoots her? No, he's already he already did it. I rolled for him. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I wanted I wanted the, these three characters to be able to meet with you guys. So Welker will get out of the car, taking point in a manly fashion. Mm -hmm. In a um. He'll say, uh, thanks for getting our asses out of the fire back there. Winters just kind of says, like, says, like, something's going on, and I don't know who I can trust. 
I know you guys are waist deep in all kinds of this crazy shit. And now with the stuff that I've seen, I know I am too. So what's the deal? How does this end? And this is a guy who's freaked out. You're right. They're always waist deep in this stuff. Um, we're trying to put an end to it. So this doesn't have to be yours or anyone else's problem anymore. Um, uh, the company we work for, uh, it's very powerful, but they are, they're going to rain all kinds of literal hell in this city. If we don't stop them tonight. And also what the hell's Roberta Hellager doing here? I think that is when she'll come up. I'm glad that you guys have finally seen that, uh, seen that there's a problem with the people you sold me to. Walker would say, he like, his immediate rejoinder would be, I didn't sell you, but he didn't, he doesn't say anything. He says, um, you're right. And I'm sorry. And I think she kind of like rolls her eyes at that. Well, now we got to do something before it's too late. And Darian Pringle kind of hops in and he's like, and he's like, yeah, where is the next place that we're going? Because, um, I don't know how much, I don't know how much more I want to take of this situation. Can I maybe, but I don't know if I want to hop a ride with you guys either. Like looking at you guys that are all torn up, like your clothing is all torn up. And the, the car is like beat to shit from driving through a bunch of stuff. Hey, I've never felt better. Yeah. Same's true for Walker. It's okay. This is above your pay grade. It's hell. It's all above all of ours. But we're, we're who showed up. He says, um, "Wouldn't mind if you came along." Nodding at Roberta. Mm -hmm. um, but he says, uh, "No one's forcing your hand." He says, oh, "We need to get." Oh, I guess they can't see the ley lines. But he'll just like point in the general direction. He says, "Like we know where we're going." Okay. So there's a few pieces of this puzzle that I want us to put together. Um, the ultimate one being where this last node is, where this ley line leads. Um, and but I want uh, like Pringle's story and Roberta Hellinger's story to like get to you guys. Mm -hmm. What would she call the Gill Man? I don't think she'll call it the Gill Man or Old Gilly or something like that because. If she has a pet name for this thing that she refers to it as, she's not going to call that. She's not going to reference that to you. So she probably knows that it was it was involved in freeing her, and she probably knows that you guys were responsible for hurting it in some way, in the same way that you were responsible for her being locked up. The one whose kids you stole. Yeah, there you go. She's like, you know, the guy that came out of the swamp, the one whose kids you stole. Walker will nod because he knows exactly who she's talking about. She'll say he he helped me escape and get to some of these different points. He showed me that there were these different places around to stop these folks um, and weaken some of their grip on whatever the hell it is that they're doing. I don't know if we're too late, but that's where we were. Have you been to all of them or which one were you coming from specifically? We were at the fairgrounds and the well. Does that ring a bell for you? Pringle will say, like, I picked her up outside the Cypress Knolls Tower Gardens um, in the woods that we've got jurisdiction over. They expanded our jurisdiction, as they told you guys. She's like, hey, yeah, and then we went and then we went to this big plantation manor, and uh, I think Darian Pringle says, like, Magnolia Place Mansion. 
so like they went to these other places and then winters will kind of kick in and be like all the commotion inside your house Welker was her oh he's like impressed and yeah I think at that point you realize you do realize like oh she's wearing this like oversized it's not super oversized Donald Glover is not a super large man um, but she's wearing this kind of like definitely not properly like fitting jacket and um, like some of her like hair has like blood in it well we owe you we owe you too and winters will say like i don't know who to trust at this point like i said i've seen guys i've worked with for years do stuff they normally wouldn't ever do walker will nod and say uh he'll just give him as quick of a rundown as possible on the shadow situation he'll say uh i've heard about what i supposedly did i think it's pretty clear i wasn't in the police station when it was shot to shit and exploded um look i can't even vouch for the fact that i can't even vouch for us standing here um there's no way to tell as far as we know apart from killing the person um all we can do is judge by intent i've already had to kill myself twice so he looks looks you guys over with all your torn clothes the moment i saw you at that house i was skeptical about what that the story running on the news and even the tapes that they sent me i've seen explosions like that and if you walk if you walked out of there you wouldn't be okay you remember back to how you'd previously been just a moment ago. Mm-hmm. You kind of realize, like, eh, that's not really true necessarily, but... Can't prove it anymore. Yeah, and so he'll he'll say, like, didn't track. Um, Walker will, like, share the information they have about, like, yes, we've also been to the other waypoints. We're aware there is a, a final one. Laurel Corp's on their way, or already there as we speak. Um... And I think it's pretty clear we're already on the same page about having to stop it. So is there anything else? Any, like, once he finishes this like explanation, um, say, are we all on the same page? Roberta Hellinger is like begrudgingly, like she knows this stuff to be true because of the kind of supernatural and paranormal stuff that she like has lived and experienced. Darian Pringle is kind of like, like kind of freaked out a little bit more and kind of just along for whatever ride. Winters is not necessarily keyed into, he believes you guys, but he's not keyed into this aspect of like ley lines and nodes and that kind of thing. But if you tell him, hey, there are these points and they're pointing in this direction. Mm -hmm. I mean, an easy dramatic thing is he can bust out on the hood of the car, a big map of the city Mm -hmm. and say like, which way is it pointing? And we'll like, put the five dots we know and we'll draw we'll like tell him where the lines are pointing so he just like takes like a big sharpie and just draws on the line even like like marking a little bit on the car like in like he's like this direction and he kind of draws this like thick line and um that's when i think sundry you see a place that you know all too well where it's the god it's the goddamn dmv uh, I should have known. We see a shot of Jessica Lore standing in front of that, um, like, rolling gate as it just opens. And she's standing in front of it, and there's this kind of, like, red energy beaming out, and we see her kind of in silhouette.
This American Monster is a production of This American Dice. This American Monster uses the Monster of the Week system, a game published by Evil Hat Productions and by Michael Sands. Sundry Charms is Lee. Chase Welker is Carl. Darkblade69 is Alex. Ashton Green is David. And your Game Master is Austin Smith. Our theme song is by Patrick Ross. It's called Sinlude. Additional music for this episode includes Shadow Man by Lobo Loco, Gamala by Ease Jammy Jams, and Earthly Destiny by Sir Cubworth. Be sure to join us next Thursday for another exciting episode of This American Monster. And every Friday is our short games. Saturdays on YouTube... We have our old long games, things like Legend of the Five Rings, Ryoko Wari, City of Lies. That comes out on our YouTube channel, This American Dice. And Sundays on that same YouTube channel, you'll find old short games. Join us, rate, review, subscribe, like the show, and tell a friend. Until then, we'll see you next week. Did they say where Gilman was? Oh, um... I think, I think uh, Roberta Hellinger can basically tell you, like, well, you know, he showed up at the fairgrounds, and like knowing that the uh, one of the other locations is a straight up swamp mansion, it's like there's no way he's not gonna go there. Okay, so he's not like gonna meet us, join us. So, I think their idea, my idea with them, had been like that they were trying to go and stop these things from being activated, but had not been able to do that. And essentially at, by being at these other locations had been able to keep some of these lore corporation and also just the doppelgangers busy. Um, and so like the full power of this hadn't been able to kind of rain down on you guys because there's also a Gilman monster and a Were Panther also kind of running amok in these points of interest to the lore corporation and Mr. Heck. And so sending out more of these things to deal with them has given you guys a lighter load to bear. Nice. Okay. So that's my reasoning. Their reasoning is, I think, a combination of, like, revenge. And maybe she can also explain, like, I know I'm different than everybody else. Like, that's blatantly obvious but I feel that there's some kind of connection to this and the feel like the shaking that I'm feeling now is not good. Something bad is about to happen. Something that's unnatural, something that things like me and things like him, the ones who's the one whose eggs you stole. This isn't a place that's safe for us at all. And she'll, I think maybe like, maybe like smell at the air. And maybe that's like the one kind of slightly animalistic thing that she does when not a panther. And she like smells at the air and say like, I don't know if it's a safe thing for any of you either. This is the first time we've seen her since we captured her. Oh, yes. Uh, I guess Andrea will um, look at her and he'll be like, Miss, uh, I know it's uh, too little too late, uh, but for whatever it's worth, uh, I'm surely sorry for uh, our part in this and what we did to you. And I, I want to, I just want to let you know, um, look, like I knew, um, just 
it's like pretty basic cryptozoology. Um, you're you're a metamorph, all right? You can transform. I I just knew when I shot you, you'd be okay. Like I knew that you'd shrug it off. So I I just wanted to let you know that I wasn't trying to kill you or anything. Um, I was just trying to help protect other people. Um, but I'm glad we're past that now. I think she's like, you were the one who shot me. Okay. So could with a role that good, if anybody can help me, could Welker be restored to like, to like full life? Whoa. Oh, like alive again? Yeah. Hey, Emily, come back. I have something <laughs> yeah. more. Yeah. You didn't leave your phone number. It's working uh, again. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hmm. You know what? I'm down with that idea, but here is a, um, here's a, a, here's a caveat. I'm going to go with it and let's see how you guys feel about this. What if Welker is returned to life and no longer this kind of like walking corpse? But part of the caveat to this is um, all of you guys vanish for a second. Like this light is like blinding to you. And when you like look back, um, Welker seems fine. And none, nobody here knows, including Welker, if this is the original him or not. Yeah, I like that. What about if whoever helps has to take Welker's curse for for himself? And so, like, the only way... So, what if, like, he's on the death's door and the only way to help him is to cure him completely? And the only way to cure him completely is to take his curse? Well, his, his curse is kind of more of like a Frankenstein's monster type of like, you've been you've been reincarnated through these scientific things. I guess we did kind of imply that there were magical energies used to bring him back that Dr. McLean didn't 100% fully understand. So we could do something like that. But... Well, are you... Carl, are you cool with uh, not being a monstrous or...? I'm cool with any of those. My question for... Austin's idea would be, is that dramatically interesting if if there's, I guess I'm thinking like, what's the end game? Like, A, we never find out, and it doesn't really play in, or B, we do find out, and the only way to really find out is to find out that it wasn't really Welker the whole time. So, yeah, I guess I'm just thinking from like a Twilight Zone perspective of like, then you realize like, do I even know if I'm the real me? And like how that kind of like internal terror of like, am I still the same one? Or was I just, is this a new copy made from the transporter and the old one is dead? Mm, that's a possibility. And as for the taking on the curse thing, my initial thought is similar to Austin's where it's like, I never, I didn't really think of it as a curse at first. I thought I like, yeah, more like this body got zapped and now it's moving around even though it shouldn't be. Um, I mean, what if it was like uh, everyone had to take on like some like, like, what if, like, our damage basically got, like, averaged out, where it's like, I got mostly better, but then everyone else got, like, proportionally shittier, or something like that. No, too plain? 
I'm I'm fine with that, but it would just mean that for the most part, like you and Ash are in really bad situations. So yeah, we'd all just be in bad, really bad. It would mean Sundry would get a little bit worse, and Darkblade would get substantially worse. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Honestly, maybe we shouldn't even go with Walker becoming like a person again. Because that's really interesting, but it's also something that's like, are we going to do justice to that in like one and a half episodes? So it's it's something I've tried to bring up before, but it's um, it's kind of been, I don't want to say ignored, because it's been kind of like an action show or an action movie uh, for a while, is that um, these versions are, these these doppelganger versions are real. Like, they're not just like, shadows like Darkblade had said like as far as he's concerned he as far as he knows he thinks they might have souls like they might be just legitimate copies like there's now two versions of this person yeah i think that was kind of portrayed a bit when it's clear that bishop's shadow gasp was like much less and it's like you could presume that with enough time you wouldn't even be able to tell anymore yeah same deal same deal with addy when uh she died the version of addy died at the fair yeah fairground <laughs> Um, I guess in that context, yeah, I guess I'd prefer that over someone else taking uh, his curse because then it's like, uh, this horrible fate's going to befall our character and it's been building up to it, but it's just going to happen to somebody else now. Well, what um, if, um, so, I mean, another option is he's, the curse is lifted. He's, he, he just looks like healthy, has like a little bit more, and it's not vital, you know, like a flush you know, and his face looks more lifelike. Um, we go into combat and like his first injury, he's just like bleeding badly. And it's like, he's lost also the um, ability to take, you know, just tons of damage. Well, so like, more vulnerable now. Well, you want to, you want to heal your goal. Alex had been to heal everybody in the group. Mm hmm. So you said you wanted to try to get a 12 to get some, there's that industrial music. The, uh, you wanted to, you said you wanted to see if somebody could help you to get a 12 plus to get like an advanced effect on that. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you had an idea that sounded interesting too. Um, he takes on some of what have, some of Matlock's remnant qualities. Um, I just got an accent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's just, he can like shoot out white power out of his hands and his mouth. Now. Mm -hmm. he, shoot, he has the ability to sense danger when it's around and to cling to walls and shoot mm -hmm. web. Yeah. I mean, the Matlock thing at least puts some dr dramatic tension because it's like you kill Matlock and now you're like, now he's saving yeah. you. You're not my dad. Yeah. Okay. Well, Matlock had faced so much beeping going on. Um, like Matlock had faced the issue that he said that like a lot of his kind were having to go under the earth and were like no longer like kind of like connected to this world. We could say there's something like that with um, that. Yeah. To kind of heal Welker. He's no longer a walking corpse, but he also is like, he's still no longer fully human and that this, like he's been imbued with this uh, maybe energy that 
um, sets him apart from humanity in some way or another. I guess he could be tied to the well. Uh, or tied to Darkblade. Um... Or he just gets healed. Yeah, here's my thing is, I think that just gets healed is also boring. Oh, they're all pretty boring. Yeah. I, I think agree. That... <laughs> I think someone else taking on the curse is going to be interesting. I think yeah, if he doesn't definitely. know if he um, is real or not, that could be interesting if it's done well. I prefer the not real one. Because I feel like with the curse thing, it's like, like I said, it's like something bad is going to happen to a character. And that hasn't changed. It's just that now it's going to happen to a different character. Like, uh, oh, uh, I, I've got maybe a suggestion. So, Malak was kind of like a, a leprechaun, right? Is yes, that true? Yeah. So, what if it's like, uh, oh, you can make mechanize it. Like, you hold one, and you just get like a wish, right? Like a leprechaun kind of style. Like, since we're using his well. Like maybe Mr. Welker. Oh my God. I just made that in the build up the whole time. Oh! But yeah, you just hold that's one. That's your arc. That's your arc. And, yeah. And kind of, uh, oh, do you want to wish for something? It could be at the end. You could save it and like, I come back to life. Or it could be, I get a really good role or something. You know what I mean? Does that make any sense? That does. That does make a lot of sense. I just feel we kind of already did that with Matlock himself earlier where it's like he had to grant one wish basically yeah well and now you're stealing his magic right the the end of his magic i wish we all get away how about let's go with austin i would assume just like i I think that we can make the we're not sure if you're the same person anymore work because all this stuff has been connected we know now is connected to matlock to begin with right all this doppelganger stuff is because of like matlock's energies being like perverted so like, is there a way we could like visually show that like, oh wait, something like might be weird about this? Like all the shadows we used to see coming out of doppelgangers are now like around you, and is that a bad thing? That type of thing. What if, what if the monstrous um, quality you have? What if it manifested in a different way? Like you're back to full health, but you're like, um, uh, like covered in hair. Like um, that might be you a know. thing. Like yeah. you can it's take like, a an advancement, but it has to be one of the monstrous things or something. That could be cool. Mm-hmm. Kind of goes against the idea that I'm alive, though. No, like, you're covered in in hair, bro. Like, so he goes from being a Frankenstein's monster to being a Sasquatch? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I get. I think I get what you're saying, Alex. Like, uh, like the monstrous part of you becomes even more. Like, it's because uh, the magic's entwine or something and it makes you even more monstrous kind of so it's well, like then, take one of the other monstrous things i think the yeah. thing that would make the most sense within like the story that we have is if he's healed but he's just like hey i'm a fucking living skeleton at this point who's fine but a skeleton like, like a, a terrifying literal, literal skeleton? skeleton yeah we're basically if you were mechanically now fine but you're mm-hmm. just like a hideous crypt keeper monster but now he's like two feet taller too yeah, you're like two feet taller and you have two additional feet. So just to be clear, this is getting away from the idea that he's alive again, obviously. This is just like a, you get healed but suffer X, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, I guess that is that is going towards that direction. Yeah. All right, let's go with the first one. I thought the first idea with Austin's. I think it's been better than the, any of the others so far. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I agree, but I think a lot of them are on par with not great. Um, and I'm including my own i my own initial idea in that one, uh, in my last one as well. All right. uh, I did, yeah, I just I'm not sure what to do with this stuff because we're gonna need to record six different endings of the story. We're gonna have to explore all of these. So okay, buckle up. Sundry's mm -hmm. harpoon is like glowing in like white heat. And yeah, it's, it's like extension now. It's Welker now. Yeah. 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 He's really sassy could, now too though. That could be interesting. Welker's soul gets sucked into an inanimate object. But he talks in a pirate voice now. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's no explanation for it, but the viewers are gonna speaks, love it. But he only speaks Portuguese. Yeah. Um learn Portuguese, Carl. Um obrigado. Oh, I think maybe the most straightforward solution to this would just be like either go with Austin's thing where it's like, oh, he's alive, but is he a shadow person? Or he's still a, a dead slash dying thing. He's just not like about to kill over. Uh, um, I like the idea better of um, it reversing like the... It, it make Because and my logic was this, that the monster, like that all the monsters have Matlock's power um, in them, which is like the soul force and this life force. And so if you are getting direct exposure to it, it would bring restore life back to death. Um, so that was my reasoning for why this makes sense. Uh, oh. fits with the, the whole like arc of, of this like type of magic or whatever. And it, you know, I, could, I don't go ahead. Sorry, I, I was going to say, uh, so for me, the re reason I don't like that too much is that I think, Carl, you might have said it like, oh, we have like one or two more sessions. Like, that's not really a thing you could explore, but that'd be a really interesting thing if we foreshadow it here. And then maybe as like an epilogue, you're like, wait, that when I got healed, maybe I actually became alive or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like it restores that his soul, a but it's just not apparent at all. Yeah. And then yeah. you only discover that way later like yeah. at, in the epilogue stage could be interesting I, I think we're generally on board with the being alive thing it's like it's the downside i think we uh aren't really coming to an agreement on yeah because the first thing i thought of is oh then he's not a monstrous that would that would kind of suck yeah it would suck um but if we just foreshadow it and then deal with it <laughs> in a you know after the fact that could he be becomes a flake afterwards I, I wouldn't care like if i took out my monstrous abilities <laughs> went back to like being an agent or a professional rather that's fine i don't care um what else okay so what would be some really bad things like we all get COVID. um yeah <laughs> over ding dongs uh, fall off oh shit yeah. so but we can have which all our ding dongs we could have some negatives happen that are just outside of specific to you uh like to welker Oh, like maybe like the timetable advances elsewhere again. He, he takes six arm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also suffer a heinous blow to your legs. Yeah. Yeah. Just can't walk. Yeah. Bishop climbs out of the well ring style. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he gets two working legs, but we all do. Mm -hmm. We're all centaurs. <laughs> he becomes a mantar, half man, half another man. 
Mm-hmm. He turns into an attack helicopter. <laughs> yeah. Uh. But hard tack helicopter. So like old Civil War bread. Appropriate response to that joke. All right. Um, Thumbtack helicopter. There we go. Now put some pictures. Nope. Thumbtack. Take the room my wall. It's fresh. Keep going. Everyone do one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then everybody go to the bathroom. Do we all have to help you somehow? Well, um, thinking about like not thinking about a ghost or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like in that one movie. Well, I think I, it was called Ghost. It was guys, the, it, yeah, it was a ghost, but it was in the part of the ghost where Demi Moore is just like, I'm just not even going to think about him for a while. I was thinking of Ghostbusters. Oh. See, oh, I, was yes. thinking of, I was thinking about Slimer's the director's cut of Ghost. Slimer's Can that be come the out side effect, Austin? To hot dogs? Yeah, Slimer just comes out of the well. That's the in side a, effect. In a way, that will be the side effect, yes. We see the Pancake Depot. We see a shot inside of uh, Lurleen Delwood talking to Virgil. Maybe there's nobody really inside. There's just one old timer kind of sipping a cup of coffee and looking down at looking down at a stack of pancakes. And he's just kind of staring at him. And you're like, what's this guy seeing? He's seen some real shit. And uh, we instead go to him. He's more interesting than you guys. Let's talk about him. What's his name? Uh, Dylan. Dylan and uh, what John. is his Dylan John? What's his last name? John. Dylan yeah. John John. Mm-hmm. So, um, of course, the two Johns are spelled differently, and um, mm-hmm. Jalen. Yeah, but the Dylan is not. But the Dylan is spelled the same. 